voice hearings, voice 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 hearings, voice 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 this is Hearing Voices, conversations with the voices that bring the excitement of college sports alive. Now, here's your host, the voice of your fighting Tigers, Chris Blair. Welcome back, Tiger fans. Another week of Hearing Voices as we get ready for week number two happens to be the home opener for your LSU Tigers. Of course, a tough one uh, this past Sunday evening in the Dome in New Orleans. Heartbreaking loss. Went down to the wire, literally. 24-23, the Tigers come back there on that 99-yard drive with uh, just over a minute to go. Uh, they're able to score the touchdown, but could not connect on the PAT. It was blocked, and Florida State gets out of the Big Easy with the win. The Tigers now 0-1. They come back to Tiger Stadium, and it's going to be a historic matchup as LSU takes on Southern for the first time ever. Two schools separated by maybe 10 and a half, 11 miles by air, and they've never played on the gridiron. So that's going to happen this Saturday, kickoff at 6.30. And to talk about the game and introduce you to the voice of the Jags, longtime voice of the Jags, we're happy to have our special guest this week, Chris Powers. Chris, thanks for, uh, A, being here. You made the trip over. I know, right. as I said, 10, 11 miles. You were able to do so. Right. We didn't We didn't have to hook up the video link this week. That's uh, it. But it's great to have you here in the studio. It's great to be here. LSU is such a beautiful campus. I, th- I call it the Disney World campus. All the athletic sites look gorgeous properly trimmed uh, you know cut and it's just great I, we are excited to be here like Gordy Rush and I talked about I know your sideline guy we talked about it's just great for the city of yeah. Baton Rouge here today yeah I mean it's one of the things that coach Kelly talked about on uh, Tuesday during his press conference mm-hmm. the fact that there aren't many matchups in college football with teams right. in the same city I mean right. there are a few obviously UCLA and USC mm-hmm. but when you really start thinking about it uh, inside the city, not nearby cities, right. but in the same city, there's not a lot of those matchups. And no. again, is it's still when the announcement of uh, the announcement of this matchup uh, over a year or so ago, it, it stunned me when people said they'd never played. I immediately right. had thought, okay, we probably can go back to the '90s, maybe right. the '80s. No. Uh, in fact, it has never happened. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. It's the same way you are because right. simply I think the atmosphere for the entire city to celebrate, right. uh, Southern fans, LSU fans, those who are LSU and Southern fans, right. and for those who are just college football fans that maybe just want to check it out, I think the atmosphere in Tiger Stadium and really mm-hmm. all Saturday around campus is going to be extra special. Yeah, I got a call from a Monroe radio station yesterday, a Shreveport station. So the whole state is excited uh, about this this contest and you know I know that everybody's looking at L- at Southern with an 86 uh, nothing win last week but uh, I'm telling you you know we're up against a big uh, big opponent this is their second time we'll play against an SEC team we played against the Georgia Bulldogs in 2015 seven seasons ago and they treated us for first class it was a fun time they were the number seven team of the nation at that time, and they were only up 20-3 to three at halftime. Then, their, of course, their depth took over after that with all the scholarships they have, and they beat us, I think, 48-6 to six was the final score. Again, I mentioned that LSU came up short in the matchup to Florida State. and Obviously, this week, Coach Kelly said it, it, it there's going to be a lot of emphasis on getting LSU better. They mm-hmm. are also going to prepare – uh, you know, with the matchups, the X's and O's of, of what they've seen on film mm-hmm. uh, from Coach Dooley and the Jags. And as you mentioned a moment ago, week one seemed to be no problem yeah. uh, for Southern University. 86 to nothing, the final score. 
Um, kind of what was the mood going into week one mm-hmm. under first-year head coach Eric Dooley from the fans' perspective and for somebody who's followed the team as long as you have, and then what you saw, the actual execution. I know Florida Memorial, a lot of people learning about that right. school for the first time, but you still have to ex- execute. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if there's nobody on the field, you still have to catch it. You still mm-hmm. have to stay in bounds. Right. What did you see from the team? They're faster than they have been before, and that's something Eric Dooley wanted to preach as soon as fall camp started and spring camp, actually. They wanted to be faster, and that's what they were. They were a lot faster in this ball game. Um, they did great on the rushing. Uh, there was no question on that. I'd rather, I'd like to see them do a little bit more passing because I don't think they're going to run against this LSU football team. I mean, we've got some three returning starters on the offensive line. That's it. We have six returning starters on the whole team. Like LSU, we're a new football team, new coaching staff, new players. So it's hard to even get all of that. But, uh, yeah, they played well. Uh, the only thing is, too, they jumped offside six times. They had a total of 16 penalties in that football game. That's something, obviously, Coach Dooley said they're going to have to really clean up. I know when I played ball, we did penalties. We ran suicides. I don't know if you do that in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's some uh, penalty, let's say, or at least uh, more repetition, but you're right. Yeah. I don't know how you go about disciplining team uh, here in 2022 versus what you did 20, 30 years ago. Right. But I will say this, um, you know, it's not a bad first week. Yes, you probably had more penalties. Mm-hmm. That's what coaches that sticks in their crawl. That's right. what you're trying to avoid mm-hmm. in week number one, but you still put up 86 points and uh, again, it's nice to have some things to be able to go back to practice and harp on if you're the coach, because right. if everything goes well in week one, where do you go from here? Um, you know, part of this show, uh, as, as I say each and every week, is given an opportunity to, to learn and, and talk to people who are in our business, uh, the broadcasting mm-hmm. business. And, and I know you've been associated with Southern for, for a number of years, as do Southern fans. I, I want to say early 2000s or even yeah, before 01. that. Oh, one. 2001 started with Southern. How, how did that come about? I know you had covered LSU as right, a reporter on the radio and on some networks, um, but how did you come about to be the voice of the Jags? In 2001, I was working for Guarantee Broadcasting, and I was doing sales. And Catholic High had their play-by-play guy had to do a um, – had a, I had a heart procedure or something of that nature – and so I did the uh, ball game for him. They asked me if I could uh, fill in for that week, and I've never done play-by-play. Uh, and I did it, and uh, one of the guys at Southern heard me, and he says, I want that guy. So I started doing sideline from 01 to 03, and 03, I took over for the great J.C. Politz. Everybody knows J.C. for calling the famous Billy right. Cannon run here. He had left LSU and went to the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, and then he came back to Baton Rouge, and he did a little bit of Tulane, I think, and then he – did Southern, and he retired in, in 02 was his final season. In 03, they wanted me to take over for the play-by-play duties, and I've been doing it ever since. Well, obviously, you mentioned you played sports growing up, and uh, you know, have, it's hard not to find a sports fan here right. in, in Louisiana. <laughs> but they, again, I ask you, it's very similar. I've, I've told the story before. I, I was in college, and my father, who ran radio stations, asked mm-hmm. me to fill in for a guy who had back surgery, right. who had done games. And suddenly, I, I was doing games, and got paid for it and that was stunning i didn't know they paid you to do it and and so the rest is history as they say but but again you said you hadn't done it before you do that high school game right had you want to do it before have you i mean how do you go from hey we just need somebody to do it right. to go yeah i can pull that off and then lead to what you're doing now which as we said you've been doing since 2001 yeah i i just i guess 
I don't know. I picked it up pretty quick. And you know, I think you can agree with me, basketball is the roughest sport to do. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because you have to be fast. You have to be – and you do an excellent job, by the way. I want to tell you that, too. I hear so many people bragging. You know, when someone's doing a bad job, it's like I hear about – I'm not their agent. I'm not their (laughs) – the guy that – whatever. But everybody brags on you and what the job that you do. I I mean, you do a great job. And I get to listen to your broadcast, and I told Gordy that today. You guys have a tight broadcast, like a NASCAR. If you ever heard a NASCAR broadcast, it's tight. They go into turn two, but not having to say, let's go to John and turn two. They just do it. They just do it. And I hear Gordy chime in like that. And it's just a tight broadcast. So I'm envious of you guys. You guys do a fabulous job on the LSU Sports Network. I don't get to listen all the time because we play almost the same time. Right. But when I do get to listen, you guys do an excellent job. Well, thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. But so you just said, I'll go in there and give it a shot. I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll do it. And, and you know How this. How much of the game did you have? Like, for people who are out there watching right. or listening, like, okay, th- suddenly somebody calls me and says, hey, can you do the football game on Friday night? Right. How much of the game do you have to know? Like, in your opinion. Right. How I much think they called me on know? Thursday, the day before. How much do you have to know about the game to call the play-by-play as opposed to, say, a color analyst? Yeah, that you have to know a lot because not everybody can do this. Uh, I talked to Gordy one time when Hawthorne was still uh, you know, doing the play-by-play, and I asked him, I said, uh, would you ever consider being Hawthorne's replacement? Do you ever, well, you were going to take Hawthorne's place? He said, uh-uh, I can't do play-by-play. So those guys know that, and I'm, well, I'm bragging on you and me, but – not everybody can do play-by-play. I had um, Will told me that from Channel 2 this week. He said, I, you know, I don't have a spotter. I don't have a statistician and live, st- live stats sometimes. But I do it and I keep it going. And you know that. You just got to – power goes down, you got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep going. And you got to expect that's going to happen because it. it has. That's it. So, you know, it's it's fun. And I think baseball is the funnest sport. You get to lay back and kind of just take it easy, relax a little bit. It's really bit. like hanging out with your buddies. Right. And just right. talking and watching the game. Right. I, it's so funny you say that because I took my son uh, to a couple of Astros games this summer. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it, I was telling him as we were sitting there watching the game, and mm-hmm. he and I are talking about who's coming up here in the top of the third inning for the Mariners mm-hmm. and uh, what they're lacking and why they're down 2 to nothing to the Astros. And I told him, I said, you know, what we're doing right here, sitting here up above third base, That's right. is the same thing that Doug Thompson, Buzzy Heidel, or Hunt Palmer – uh, that's what we do when we're mm-hmm. sitting at the box, which is totally different, as you said, from doing a football game and certainly basketball when right. there's so much information that has to be relayed. At least in baseball, there's that time to breathe, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, you got a chance to tell a story. Right. Uh, you can talk about a guy's background. There's it, The timing and the pace is so different. Right. But when you when you do basketball and you know that I, I talk I get you want to be descriptive on the air and I'll say okay he bends his knees has a perfect spin on the ball it's in and you know people always talk about how you paint the perfect picture well you have to do that a good play by play guy does and I hear you do uh, basketball when y'all made the NCAA tournament and what have you and it's tough to have a color analyst on basketball because it's so fast paced that's a dance you yeah. got to learn that dance with I mean, your partner yeah. there's no doubt about it so yeah <laughs> I, no it was fun once I did it the first time. I covered it as uh, I was a DJ now for over 40 years. And I was a DJ, and then I did some sports uh, and what have you in the 90s, covered LSU, covered the Saints under the Jim Mora deal. And everybody wouldn't ask Jim Mora a certain question because they know they'd make ESPN clip that next day. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. And you don't want that. And be like, oh, no. Uh, but uh, it, it became fun. And after that, I wanted to do more of it. And then I started doing it and doing it and doing it. And I had fun. I had a blast doing it. Our guest this week on Hearing Voices, Chris Powers joining us. And, um, you know, I, we, we mentioned this matchup. And I think Coach Kelly was asked this yesterday. 
really the rise over the last two years, really certainly since the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. the rise in HBCU football, right. the, the profile that it has. I mean, it's always had great programs, right. great traditions. You know, they've got tons of players who have gone on from HBCUs mm-hmm. to have not just careers in the NFL, mm-hmm. but stellar. We're talking Hall of Famers. Right. But it seems like the last two years, I don't know if it's the proliferation of social media, that there's more mm-hmm. access. I don't know if it's just that you've had some really splash hires right. with, with uh, Deion Sanders oh, at Jackson State um, and others. But it seems like there is quite a buzz mm-hmm. around HBCU. You're right there in the thick of right. it. Am I wrong? Is it nope. is it more? Yep. And what is it like to be inside of it and be part of this excitement and this building? Yeah, it's fun. It, it's a very active game, uh, and and you're right. Back in the old days, I mean, I mean, do you remember that Walter Payton went to Jackson State? Jerry Rice went to Mississippi Valley State for God's sakes. Right. Uh, you know, Michael Strahan, Texas Southern. Those were all HBCU schools. But it seemed that there was a turn that where. HBCUs weren't getting those players anymore, that the LSUs and Alabamas were stockpiling them kind of on a reserve, say, okay, we can't sign you a contract here. we got 25 scholarships, so let's have you go to this junior college and then play there two years, and then we'll get you. So they're not getting those. Now, it changed with Dion. Dion is a flashy guy. I don't think anybody can do what Dion does because he's so flashy. But he got the number one recruit in the whole nation. And Saban had something to say about that, obviously, and, and Dion got on him about that. <laughs> so I don't know if it's going to return, but I'll tell you this, and this is something that I told in the press conference yesterday because I conduct the Southern press conferences. I said this was unbelievable. We went to Georgia and a few other places, TCU, we played at TCU and what have you. You don't know how important the bands are until you're part of it. Look, I'm here to do a football game. I'm not here to be the band. Hey, Chris, let the band play. No, I'm here for a game, man. But when you hear the bands, when you see the band, so I'm at uh, Athens, which I'm sure you've been there, Sanford Stadium, and you can see down the road the Southern Human Jukebox is coming in. And this is crazy because the Human Jukebox – the usatoday.com, ncaa.com, and another publication, I can't remember which one it is, has Ohio State at number one, has Southern at number two. No doubt. The second best band in the whole nation. It shocked me. But they're coming down. You could see, like, the parting of the Red Sea. The fans are just sitting there, and they're waving. When they get into Sanford Stadium, camera flashes are going like the Super Bowl. When they're doing their halftime show, it's like the Super Bowl. And that's part of HBCU as well. The tailgating and the and all of that stuff. I told people ask me from Southern, are we going to be able to tailgate at LSU? I said, they're going to be tailgating all the way from here to New Orleans. Okay, because they have a good tailgating staff too. And of course, LSU is known for tailgating. So that's part of the pageantry. Uh, the Bayou Classic is huge. When you get a small school like an HBCU school, we have 9,000 students at our campus. Grambling has less than that. But we're on a major network on NBC. Other HBCUs or, or FCS schools would love to have that. But we're on NBC for the Bayou Classic with 75,000 inside the dome. You don't get that at many other places. No, absolutely, and it's it's great. It's it's great for college football. It's great for the HBCUs. And, uh, again, I, I think you talk about the tailgating. You talk about the battle of the bands. <laughs> I mean, there are a number of storylines going into this week's contest right. uh, between Southern and LSU, and that's why, again, I was thrilled to see it's going to be a 6.30 kickoff right. because that means when I get here to campus around 9 or 10 a.m. Saturday, wow. this place is going to be crawling. It's going to be yeah. – I, I really think I'm going to take some time just to walk the perimeter mm-hmm. from where I parked 
before instead of going straight from point A to point B to right. my office, I think I'm going to take the long route because I just think it's going to be. I certainly won't go hungry. That's the one thing I won't have to worry about uh, <laughs> no. coming in. Uh, probably grab a little breakfast, maybe even grab a little lunch right. before we get ready to uh, go to work. Coach Dooley, mm-hmm. what does he tell you? What does he tell the fans? This is what I've got to do to get Southern back where he wants it to be. Right. Obviously, where Jag fans want it to be. What What's kind of his mission? Where does he see the building blocks that he's got to do mm-hmm. right now? Well, the dog day D. they got to get the dog day D back. That's what we called it during the Pete Richardson era. And Pete is my uh, color analyst. He's a legendary coach, second in Southern as far as wins and what have you. And he's my uh, color analyst for the game. And back in those days, they dominated everybody. They dominated the Nickel States, the Northwesterns, and all of the conference. He is the only coach, Pete Richardson, to go undefeated against the great Eddie Robinson. He never lost a game against Eddie Robinson. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's crazy. That Five is and an oh. incredible stat. Five and oh. So that was absolutely unbelievable. But he wants to get back to those days where dominance. Their offense was fast. There's no huddles at LSU. No huddles. I mean, at Southern. There's no huddles at all. Uh, They will not huddle. Their defense has to be good and what have you. It's kind of tough now with the spread offense. You know, it's tougher to be on Ds. I I mean, Ds, you've got to give them – and the the targeting fouls and all that stuff, it makes it harder for defenses now when when we play the game. So it's crazy for that. But he wants to get back to that winning tradition where they're winning every single year. They're winning the conference. We haven't been to Atlanta yet. See, if we win, the East will play the West, which this year is expected to be Jackson State and Southern University playing for the SWAC championship. The winner of that goes to the Celebration. Celebration Bowl in Atlanta. That game is at noon in December, and that's an ABC game. So the more publicity we can get, we can get some good players. But he wants some good players. And one of the things he did that, that I love to death, what he did, was that we have our best defensive player is seven and a half sacks away from being the all-time leader in FCS in sacks. He's seven and a half sacks from tying it, eight sacks from breaking it. He's number 32, Jordan Lewis. This is what he did this past weekend, but what he did was, and you're talking about Coach Dooley, he moved him from a defensive end to a will linebacker. So that now means he gets to line up on the, if you ever watch the Saints and the Dome Patrol, Pat Swilling and, and, uh, and also Ricky Williams lined up on the line, but they can line up as far as they want to, and he has all that room to run to get to the quarterback. Well, what he did was this weekend, he had two strip fumbles on one play. He sacks and strips the quarterback. The ball flies on the, fle- on the field. The, his player grabs the ball, and they got two Florida Memorial players grabbing him to tackle him. Well, he strips the ball from his own player and runs for the touchdown. <laughs> I mean, and this guy is that incredible. Against Memphis, we played a couple of years ago. Mike Norrell was the head coach at Memphis at that time, now the coach at Florida State. Uh, he sacked the quarterback, did the same thing, sacked him, stripped him, and raced 74 yards for the touchdown. So he's that kind of an impact player. And uh, that's the kind of player we can get. If you can get a player like that, and Dooley says, okay, you've been good at defensive end, now let's see what you can do at will linebacker. To where you're not getting a three-point stand, you're standing up. And that makes a heck of a difference. That means his speed is more getting to the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you've got a guy with a skill set like that, the ability to, mm-hmm. again, have him up and have more room, have more angles yeah. to take. 
makes him a dangerous threat. He'll be there. looked at at the pros. He'll be looked. I mean, the, the scouts are looking at him now. He just got, I think, build up a little bit. He's got to get a little bit more weight in him. Keep his speed if he can. But they're looking at him very, very, very nice right now. It's great to have Chris Powers with us here this week on Hearing Voices, getting ready for LSU and Southern coming up. 6.30 is the kickoff. They tell me 6.39. Boot will actually meet ball, so we're glad to have uh, Chris here. Um, a couple of other personnel. Uh, always like to talk about the game, mm-hmm. uh, kind of get some of that information from the other side. Uh, offensively, where, where, where were fans, where will their eyes be going when the game gets underway on Saturday mm-hmm. night. Uh, McCray is our quarterback, Bashan McCray, and he is kind of basically like your quarterback. Uh, he is a very elusive. Uh, he'll look down, and, and but again, we only passed for 215, but he only played the first quarter. We let 42 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. So he only played one quarter. I wish he could play a little bit longer. But he's a flashy uh, you know, quarterback. He can run. he got a pretty good arm on him. The guy to look for to number twenty four Gerard Sims. He is a um, running back, a senior out of Prairie, no Pine Prairie, Louisiana, and he's also good out of the backfield. He can catch the ball not only running and he finds that holes. He just has a great eye in finding that lane. But also they throw a lot of screen passes to him. And when he gets down there, he's he's kind of hard to tackle. He's a little short guy, but when he gets down there, he's pretty good. Kind of reminds you of a Darren Sproles kind of like a deal. You know, it's interesting because having spent ten years at Georgia Southern, we played games like this where mm-hmm. we played up a level right. at least once a year yeah and you know went through a number of coaches worked with uh, actually five at georgia southern and each time wow. we would take on one of those teams mm-hmm. whether it be florida whether it be navy whether it be clemson nc state they would always kind of talk about controlling time of possession right almost using the offense as the best defense it doesn't necessarily mean they were going to score 40 points. What it meant right. was we just got to keep their offense off the field. If we can get three yards here, four yards mm-hmm. here, three or four yards on third down, keep it manageable so we just keep the football out of their hands. Right. What, is, what does Coach Dooley think the keys are against this matchup that we all know is David and Goliath? Right, no question. I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to change it at all. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he will change some stuff, but he's a fast-paced guy. He gets his wide receivers in quick. He gets his players in quick, in and out. No huddle. It's all called at the line. Let's go, let's go, let's go. He wants to keep that tempo up. And um, like I said, uh, that's a great game plan to be able to, to slow down the clock. Wisconsin always did that in basketball, remember? It's easier said than done, of I course. Know. Exactly. But, yes. uh, but also what I noticed with these kind of games is that they want to do too much, and sometimes they turn the ball over. Silly turnovers and stuff like that on this level because they're trying to really do it. Our first level of first round, you know, first string players will be, I don't want to say right up with LSU, but they'll be they'll compete. Like I said, we held Memphis for pretty good in the first half just a couple of years ago, Georgia in the first half, but it's that depth in the second half that really becomes out, and that's when you know we'll get going on that where it's kind of like, okay, let's just see where our team is where we don't get hurt for the rest of the season, and let's go out and have fun because they've never beaten an FBS team uh, in the history of their program. Not many FCS schools do. But uh, that's what we'll do on that. But they're, they're a fast-paced football team. They're going to keep going. Look, in the huddle, I mean, in the uh, practices, it's like when you catch the ball, you don't, you don't jog to the huddle. You sprint back to the huddle. He's teaching that. And that's what NFL coaches do. Immediately when a college kid gets there, they want to immediately say, let's hurry it up and let's speed this game up right now on the practice field, not in the game, on the practice field, and then it carries over into the game. Should be an exciting day here on campus at LSU. Southern and LSU getting together again, 639 expected kickoff televised. 
uh, on the SEC Network, but also we invite you, as you can imagine, to turn on your radios and listen Mm -hmm. to the Southern broadcast or the LSU broadcast for this historic game coming up on Saturday. Um, The the Southern Jag fan, Mm -hmm. uh, I know a number of them, and I know they've been talking about this game for a while. Now it's finally here. When you talk to them, what are their expectations? What are they looking for Mm -hmm. on Saturday when they come over to the game? Just to go out and have fun. They're going to tailgate. They're going to have fun. They're going to cheer their Jaguars on and think we've got a shot to win this game. Uh, Chris, it's amazing. Southern University and all the uh, FCS football that I've seen, we can't even go to Southeastern because of the fact they don't have a big enough stadium for us. Our road, the people that travel for Southern on the road, is anywhere from fourteen to 20,000 people on the road. That's impressive. That's some bigger than FBS schools. No doubt. No it's doubt. amazing. You, you, when you see the uh, Columbia blue and gold sea of that, it blows your mind. End of these games. And look, we have the second biggest um, attendance record at UL Lafayette and the fourth biggest. All of the other schools we go to, Louisiana Tech, right there in the top. Southern, when they play Southern University, they know that fans are traveling to that football game. And they're all excited for this. They Look, they're going to have a good time. They're going to tailgate from dusk till dawn. Uh, they're going to enjoy the band when they come out and all that kind of good stuff. And a lot of people said, hey, yeah, we'll, we may lose the football game. We're going to win the Battle of the Bands. But I'm going to tell you, I've talked to the band director at Southern, and he told me these guys are good friends, and they're working together for an unbelievable show. Whether it's pregame or halftime, you say, Chris, I ain't telling you. It's, it's under, under wraps. I'm no, like, I, I, wow. that's what I fully expect. And, you know, people were talking about the battle of the bands. And, and I thought, you know, it's going to be great because I think you're going to see the two. Right. You know, for the city, for both schools, right. both institutions, both fan bases, put on oh. one hell of a show uh, at halftime Saturday. Lastly, Chris, before I let you go, um, we kind of talked about this, this rebirth and the rebuild mm-hmm. uh, of Southern's program. Uh, for Coach Dooley, and and when you look at, you know, the story that you will tell uh, on the recruiting trips, we talked about Deion Sanders, as you said. There's things he can do, he brings to the table, nobody else can because he's Neon Deion. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, here at LSU, you're playing in the SEC. You're one of the top-profiled programs in the country when it comes to college football. What's Coach Dooley, what's Eric Dooley's story to go get those mm-hmm. players to build up the type mm-hmm. of team he wants to see on Saturday. He's a Christian guy. He's, he doesn't lie. He is just the way it is. He's from New Orleans. He recruits. He's going to recruit heavily in the New Orleans area, big time. And that, obviously, we know. You look at the National Football League, everybody's from New Orleans, it <laughs> seems like. So he's going to recruit in that, in that New Orleans area. He's a very good guy. Uh, and he gets into your house. And just like when you talk to him, it's like you've known him for 100 years. I mean, he is just that way. It's just incredible. The guy is an incredible guy, and uh, he gets in there, and he he tells him this, you're going to get an education, and you will go to class, or you won't play on my football team. That's the bottom line. He promises the the, the parents that, and then the kids that, and says, you are going to listen, you're going to be disciplined, and if you're not, you're out of here. We don't put up with any rigmarole. You're gone. I mean, that's the bottom line. So he's a first-class guy. I've known him for years. He was assistant here at Southern N01 when I, was, when I first got here. Uh, and he's a, a, a first-class guy, and he's a good guy. And he still does the chest bumps every now and then to his players. I said, my goodness gracious. He said, not as much as I used to, but I still do. <laughs> but he, uh, he's, he's going to dress in a bow tie and suit for pregame. You'll see him on the field. Last, year, last week he was in a plaid suit. You'll see him on the field. In a suit, and then he'll go in the locker room and get the sweater vest. He's classy. He's the best class dresser in our conference. 
but he is a classy dude. Well, I like that style. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know that I would try to pull that off in uh, early September here in Baton Rouge. Right. Um, but uh, I do like the style. Chris, it's been great to, to have you here. Come join us. Uh, again, we didn't have to use the video links. It's, it's two human beings sitting down right. talking. So uh, that's what podcasting is for. So it's great that you came by. Um, congratulations on your long career. And here's a plug. Where can people tune in, not only this Saturday, but anytime they want to take in Jag football? How do mm-hmm. they listen to Chris Powers' call the action? GoJagSports.com is the best thing because it's amazing when I wear a shirt or something like that. I'm in a Denver uh, you know, airport or this or that. Amazing how many alumni say, I went to Southern University. I went to Southern University. My goodness gracious. Yeah. Do we have a 30,000 campus like this or what? But, yeah, they can go to GoJag Sports. We get a lot of people from uh, all alumni from Dallas, from all over the place that listen, Chicago and all that. They always tune in. And uh, GoJagSports.com is where to go. All right. You got the uh, – you know where to go now, fans, if you want to check out maybe the first half, listen to LSU, second half, listen to Southern, or vice versa, whatever you want to do. Chris, it's a pleasure to have yeah, you here. Yeah. Have a great call on Saturday. Same with you. I know you will. I mean, you're Mr. <laughs> you're the Michael Jordan of this. Oh, so uh, no, 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 you, no, no. I know you'll have a great broadcast. But right. I, I, I'm so excited to come into Tiger Stadium. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, I've, I've – you know, did games here, of course, with uh, doing reporting, but I've never done play-by-play. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it is going to be a great one. Harrison's got your cash on the way out for the conference. There so you make go. Sure you get it. I was uh, waiting. That's going to wrap things up for this week on Hearing Voices. Next week, LSU starts SEC play. The Mississippi State Bulldogs. The Pirate Mike Leach. He uh, sails into town to take on your Tigers, and we'll get a chance to visit once again. Third-time guest on Hearing Voices, the voice of the Bulldogs, my good friend, Neil Price. We hope you'll join us again next week. For Chris Powers, for Harrison Valentine, I'm Chris Blair. Thanks for stopping by, and I'm still Hearing Voices.